everyone. <laughs> hey. Welcome to Amateur Spice, episode number five. Oh my god, already? We've been doing this over a month? That's crazy to me. Wow. Mm-hmm. So cool. Thank you, everyone who's been listening and like yes, thank you. Still getting great feedback. Um, episode we just released episode three on Monday, episode four mm-hmm. coming out this next Monday. And we're on uh, top of things. <laughs> yeah, honestly, we really are. I'm feeling good about it. Um, we have a bunch of episode ideas, future episode ideas. Um, so that's been really nice. And uh yeah, just really appreciate the love. Yes. Um, I know this episode's gonna come out in like a week and a half from when we're recording it, but today when we're recording, it's International Whores Day. Hey! Congrats on being whores, everyone. Congratulations. (laughs) We see you and we love you in our whore hearts. (laughs) We're all whores sometimes. (laughs) It'd be boring if if we weren't. Exactly. So boring. That's awesome. I, I forgot it was today. I saw something on Twitter, but yeah, I, for, I forgot until you reminded me. Happy I was doing some. Day. I was doing some research for the episode and I saw it on Instagram and I was like, oh, amazing. It's today. <laughs> That's very cool. I'm going to make uh, someone buy me something later <laughs> in some sort of circumstance. I don't know how, but <laughs> someone's going to treat you to something today. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What are we talking about this week, Nixie? Oh, should we introduce ourselves? We haven't done that yet. Yeah, I realized that listening to our last episodes, we don't introduce ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> you should know us by now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Nixie. Hey, online I'm sex Eve. worker. <laughs> Eve, hi. Um, welcome. Welcome. We talk about mostly sex work. We'll probably get into some more like just sex and general stuff at some point, but we're just sex workers talking about sex work stuff. And today we got a huge topic that we're yeah. probably going to spend forever talking about and going off on so many different tangents because we were both getting angry researching for it. But yeah, we're going to talk about FOSTA, SESTA, internet censorship, and some of the intersections of that, I guess, and other things happening. So this is going to be a very political episode. Get ready. Yeah. Very (laughs) informational though. Um, I feel like a lot of this is unless you're a sex worker who's like actively paying attention to it, you don't know about, or unless you're like really into privacy stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I learned a lot doing research for this that I didn't know as a sex worker. So it's, definitely something that's good to learn about and if you're into if you're into ladies yelling this is the episode for you <laughs> here's the episode where we will be angry <laughs> yeah get ready you little brat <laughs> little brat yeah <laughs> okay all right serious face taking a serious co- sip of my serious coffee um I'll start with a point that like yes we're going to be talking about like censorship and stuff and how that impacts sex workers but it does also impact regular people but even if it didn't like I don't know if everyone realizes that a huge majority of sex workers also come from marginalized communities so like yeah we're two white bitches but a bunch of people that do sex work can't work regular jobs and that's why they're doing sex work and that could be because they're disabled they're homeless they're escaping a domestic violence situation they're a single parent that just needs more flexibility in their life and can't get childcare. and it just it impacts a lot of people of color lgbt people you name it so like i said we're f- just some wh- white bitches but this impacts like a lot of people <laughs> yeah that's a really good point a good way to start it I that's so funny because I like when I was doing research for this um I found this like one quote from this analyst called um named Bardo Smith I think I'm pronouncing that right but they said that sex workers are often the canaries in the coal mines the things that are going to happen to them first are going to happen to everyone else next and I think that kind of plays into it that just like this is like something that happens to all like it's going to happen to everyone eventually. And like, it really kind of comes through with these people um, who do sex work, who are marginalized and like are people of color, LGBTQ and everything that like what happens to them first, like kind of in every situation, you know what I'm, you know, 
Yeah. Let's cut this out. You know what I'm trying to say? I totally get what you are saying. Like in all our, my research for this, like they were all talking about how these bills are impacting sex workers, but they all were like, this doesn't mean that it just impacts sex workers. Like it's impacting sex workers now, but it's going to keep impacting people. Yeah. And this is like a good kind of, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's like a case study. Cause like it's us and like our lives and like, yeah. you know, and everything, but like, it's, it kind of, is. Oh, I also, there was one other point that I made to say before we started, um, we're going to be talking a lot about sex trafficking in this episode. Yeah. So trigger warning, but also just an overarching in case you didn't know, sex work is consensual. Con- sex work online is legal. It's not always legal to do escorting and things like that. But online is consensual and legal. If anything is un, if there, if someone says unconsensual sex work, it's sex trafficking. Like sex work is not unconsensual. Like yeah. point blank. That's it. <laughs> In no way, like in this episode, when we talk about all this, are we saying that like the experiences of people who are, you know, sex trafficked and are a victim of sex trafficking because of like the use of the internet and everything, like their experiences are valid and what they went through is like horrible. And, you know, we really feel awful about that and everything, but like, it doesn't take away from the fact that like sex work should be allowed to exist and be done online and be done in person. And like, this is not the way to solve this problem. You know what I mean? Like we empathize, but feel that this isn't the correct course. And I, most of my research too has said that sex work or sex trafficking survivors are like on our side. Like they agree that this isn't doing anything. We just have to start talking about, but yeah, at the end of the day, like this isn't helping anyone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If, if this is the, and it like the anti sex trafficking argument does not need to be an anti-sex work argument. They are two different things. Yes. So what's FOSTA SESTA, Eve? (laughs) So FOSTA and SESTA, SESTA is the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act. Um, FOSTA is the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act. They were both passed, created, proposed in 2018. And um, essentially they are um, attempts to monitor and um, kind of police online um, websites, online communities that are offering um, sex and offering sex services um, that are used by sex workers. Um, It was kind of passed as a preventative measure to stop sex trafficking online on sites like Craigslist and Backpage. And um, the unfortunate result is that it kind of just impacted all sex workers in general. Um, people who advertised online weren't able to anymore. And, uh, a lot of people have had to return to doing sex work in unsafe situations, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, it, this law that like came in, like it actually violates another piece of law that we already have. It's section 230 of the 1996 Communications Decency Act. Um, If you follow my personal Instagram and know me in real life, I ranted about all this shit last year. Um, But section 230 is like super important. It basically says that all these websites, platforms, hosts, whatever you want to call them, they're not responsible for user-generated content, their words, what people on their website are saying, because it's all free speech and they aren't held liable for it. But basically, FOSSA-SESTA says that, like, now websites are liable for the stuff that their users are putting on there, and, like, they're liable for any prostitution, escorting, sex trafficking that may be done on there, too. So is this why back in August, like all the stuff happened with OnlyFans, maybe not allowing sex, like adult content, basically, like because of the, like, because it like these kind of target credit card companies online and like payment processors, right? And then like, yeah, I, so I rewatched my video this morning and I guess I didn't, I had three major points. This was before OnlyFans changed their decision. But I said FOSSA-SESTA was a huge part of it. Payment processors in general was a huge part of it. And there was a BBC investigation on OnlyFans is like moderating 
and yeah, how well I, they were I modern things. Yeah, I did too. And that's why I was like, I need to re-listen to myself sometimes because I say good stuff. I don't remember. That's smart. <laughs> um, but yeah, so kind of like Eve was saying, like this required a lot of places that sex workers use to keep each other safe to be shut down, such as Reddit subs, like subreddits on escorting, sugar babies, sugar daddies, things like that, um, Craigslist personal ads and back pages. Technically, they could stay up, but it would have required like constant moderating from these websites and they just like couldn't handle all that. And that's so funny because um, like the argument was that they got shut down was because they're not safe and they create unsafe situations. But Baylor University did a study I like read online that in cities where the Craigslist erotic services was rolled out um, from a scale of like a full 2% all the way up to 17% um female homicide rates dropped in like homicide between people who didn't know each other that's amazing yeah I've so never like, heard of that exact, oh my god yeah, exact opposite and that's kind of one of the other points I said like it is at the end of the day it's digital violence and it is violence because you're pushing people offline or pushing them into weirder deeper parts online And so sometimes for some sex workers, this means that they need to like go out on the streets to get their money. And if they can't properly screen people, they're risking their safety. If they're on the streets and they're at risk of getting arrested, like you're hurting sex workers because they can't work safely. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and it also just any sex trafficking that is on any of these websites it just hides it. Like at least when it was there, yes, it's bad. Yes. We don't want it to happen, but when it's in plain view, then law enforcement can do something about it. Like now that it's not there, law enforcement's having a harder time finding victims. Exactly. Like it's all, that's the thing is like, everyone knows that this problem still exists and it's still happening. Like everyone is just getting smarter and finding different ways to advertise it and different ways to like rolled out. And like, you can't get rid of the problem by getting rid, like by just getting rid of like the communicator. You know what I mean? Like, that's just like when your kid is like being wicked bad, just smashing their cell phone. Like the kid is still going to like be bad and go out and do shit. You know, like, it's just like, you're not actually fixing the problem. Like, it's just so frustrating because it just, it fucks the lives up of people who like have nothing to do with this and like, aren't able to go out and like work a normal job. And like, Mm -hmm. they just get pushed further and further into like um, the marginalization that they already are experiencing. Like people are like, Oh, just get a real job. Then like for some of these people, it's you, they literally can't. So they go to sex work and then they're pushed out from the internet, which you thought would be a safe place for all and free speech and whatever, but nope. Yeah. (laughs) And like, my experience, like, obviously, like, like we said at the beginning of the episode, like we're both white bitches. Like we both have, we come from, you know, a, a pretty decent place, like better place than, you know, other people the traditional who, middle class yeah. families. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like we both are college educated. We both, you know, have housing and everything, but like, I really struggle with my mental health sometimes. And like working a traditional job was really hard for me. And like working a nine to five was really hard for me. And like even doing food service every day was really hard for me, like just bartending. And like, that's why I really like sex work is like mentally, I can just handle this a lot better than like having to go outside and like put myself in a social situation every single day. Like if I didn't have this and I couldn't work for myself, like, I don't know what I would do. Like it'd really be shitty. So Mm -hmm. it just like, for me who like, I think comes from definitely a place of like privilege and like kind of had a good way of like living, like just Mm -hmm. to have this like work a lot better for me. Like think about how much better it works for other people who like physically can't go out and work because they have a physical disability or like are dealing with a lot worse mental like situations than I am, you know, it just like, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's why this is so frustrating. I was just going to say the same thing. Like, yeah, I'm a white bitch and I know I have a lot of privilege. I know I could work a traditional nine to five if I need to. However, very similar to Eve, like this is just better for my mental health. Like being able to work for myself and do what I do each day makes me feel so much better than any other job has. Yeah. It just really is bullshit we deal with. (laughs) Yeah. And like, it's, 
people like just should be able to work for themselves too. You know what I mean? Like, and not have to fear losing their income or losing a way to advertise themselves. There's this study I want to talk about um, eventually, but I just need to tell you this really quick because it's so funny. It's like these two sex workers that conducted a study about like SESA and FOSTA and everything. And uh, I think it's really cool because their study was like totally funded by their like subs, their subs, because they're like both dominatrixes in mm-hmm. uh, New York City, like their submissives like funded it all. Like a lot of their clients online funded it, whatever. And this one guy who helped fund it that was a submissive for one of them said that he would help fund it if he could be a human footstool for them while they worked on it. So the whole time they did this, yeah, it was a human footstool. I that love was that. Right. Yeah, her names were Danielle Blunt and Ariel Wolf. I'll talk about it a little more later. But um, yeah, they did this like whole study and they had a human footstool the whole time. Amazing. Good for Three dominatrixes. I could not, but I really admire what they do. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I really do. Honestly, if you want to start talking about it, go for it. Because I don't think I really had anything else. The only thing I kind of already said it, but like sex trafficking survivors don't think that this helps sex workers are have said it doesn't help and the department of justice even said it doesn't help like they yeah. all oppose this like no one thinks it actually is doing anything to stop sex trafficking because it's not exactly yeah and that kind of just like they kind of touch on all of that like they when they did their study, like they said that 70% of the sex workers they polled said that, you know, SESTA and FOSTA had really impacted their lives negatively. Um, it made, like we said, it made people return to the streets more. Um, it kind of like ties into like how these laws just have not stopped sex trafficking. They've just made it harder for sex workers to make an online living, you know, in a safer environment. And then, you know, just on top of that all, I don't know if like we were going to talk about this in a bit, but earn it was pa- like being kind of talked about mm-hmm. being passed. And that's just kind of like a child bill, I guess, of SESTA and FOSTA. It stands for eliminating abusive and rampant neglect of interactive technologies. And um, it kind of like the name kind of is literal because it like takes away the section 320 or what, what you had said before from um, like- think- 230 yeah 230 yeah section 230 from um everyone's just trying to get rid of that (laughs) yeah like from websites and stuff and they have to earn it back and that just essentially like takes away their ability to like have creators on their site you know post whatever they want like post content that's not policed super heavily and they have to show that they're willing to adhere to these stricter rules and like earn back their right and like while this is only targeting sex workers right now like I just really it's so frustrating because like this is just going to be like come like I don't want to sound like old man yells at cloud or like a conspiracy (laughs) theorist or anything but like this is going to come for everybody one day like one day anything you say will be policed online because of acts like this and like they'll you know if you try to just post a tweet on Twitter, like Twitter will say, whoops, like you can't send that. Or like your Instagram will have shit deleted all the time. Like what happens to us or what happens to friends of ours? And it's just Mm -hmm. like, this is just one thing that is happening to us right now. So no one fucking cares. But in like a year when it starts happening to everyone all the time, then they will. Like you're kind of starting to see it now with like all the meme pages that get targeted on Instagram a lot and how they get their shit deleted all the time. And like, that's just the beginning. Like think about that just happening to like normal fucking people just trying to post funny stuff on their Instagram story. Like that's what is going to happen if these things continue to pass. Yeah. At the end of the day, it is honestly just like the government policing and policing us and trying to control big tech and tell exactly. them what to do. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And right, because no one is sticking up for sex workers, we're an easy person to, easy group of people to experiment this on. Yep. So yeah. yeah, exactly. So they're experimenting on us and then one day they'll just take away everyone's internet privacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think people realize like how upset sometimes like the government is like about how not regulated the internet is Cause, like when you think about it it is kind of wild that like it is just this extra like world that isn't really regulated too too much but like i don't think the way that, <laughs> yeah i don't think the way they're going about it is re- is like oh absolutely you know what I mean? yeah, yeah no it's they're just definitely like, 
using sex trafficking as a way to like emotionally manipulate people because who's going to oppose a bill that's stopping sex trafficking? Like we all want that to happen. Yeah. But the way they're doing it is not going to work. Yeah. Just ties (laughs) back into the whole push all over this country to like monitor and censor any type of thing that's different and not adhering to, you know, the patriarchy and the white supremacist attitude of the United States. Like, you know, the don't say gay bill bullshit that's going around and the anti-transgender sentiment and like all of that. And just like the anti-whorephobia that I just feel like sometimes is getting worse and worse for no fucking reason. And yep. I have, I have a whole point on whorephobia, but I, are you done with your study stuff? Cause I don't want to interrupt you. Okay. (laughs) But if you really want like to learn more about this, um, if what we're talking about is really interesting for you, to, to you, I would definitely encourage you to go read this article I read. It's really interesting. Um, it's on whyyy.org. They're a PBS affiliate. It was um, published in July of 2020. And it is, I don't remember who wrote it. I think I have it in here. One sec. It was written by Liz Toon. And it is, hold on. I can't, there it is. And it is um, called. FOSTA-SESTA was supposed to thwart sex trafficking. Instead, it sparked a movement. And it's just a really interesting uh, study. Yeah, you yeah, should sounds read it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I'm, that, that was the end of my notes on okay. FOSTA-SESTA. It's evil. Yes, it is very evil. Yeah. Hi, so, bye, bye from the horny stoner. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening so far. Definitely buy from the horny stoner use code amateur spice for 10% off, um, on your next order. You can get lots of really cool, uh, smoking or sexy products or cool clothes. They have literally the cutest stuff. I'm obsessed with every single thing they have. They posted a Shrek butt plug the other day and I almost got it. <laughs> so they also just released a tattooed and pierced dildo. So if you want your dick that you're fucking to be tattooed and pierced, now you can get it. Incredible. Incredible. We have another sponsor today too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We just want to thank one of my OnlyFans subscribers. His name is Guillermo. He wanted to sponsor this episode and I just thought that was incredibly sweet. Um, So thank you, Guillermo. Thank you so much, Guillermo. Clapping sponsors. Big clap, big kisses. (laughs) Um, if you want to sponsor an episode, we'll kiss, we'll do kissy noises for you on air. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you again, Guillermo. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. And not like an intersection, I guess, to call it of a result of, I don't know it all kind of intersects censorship and whorephobia. Um, oh my God. I have so much to say on whorephobia. I did a whole TikTok on it once. <laughs> it's um, real. So I guess I'll first say with like Twitter, yes, they allow not safe for work content, but they are so strict on what goes into your profile pic and banner. It has to be clean, has to be safe for work. Like you can't have anything you can't even have like cleavage in your profile picture most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, I guess it makes sense because it's a social media site. However, many vids just did this like two months ago, many vids, which is literally an adult website said all profile pictures have to be safe for work. They do law contests on there. All contest pictures have to be safe for work. Like I like, why, why? Like, why are you censoring us when it's literally a adult website? Like it literally doesn't make sense. Um, That's like on OnlyFans, you can't have like yeah. uh, any, you know what I mean? And you have to be 18 to join the fucking website. So what, why? Like, yeah. I just don't, you know. Yep. Same with OnlyFans. You have to have a safe for work banner and profile picture. Like, like I said, I guess I understand it on social media sites, but why on adult websites like I feel like it's just telling us even more that we're not allowed to be there even though it's a place quote-unquote for us exactly um Instagram is huge on whorephobia um I so 
oh my God, where do I even start? So I've seen people censor female nipples with male nipples and it's fine. Like they literally can get away with that. Um, I heard this tip to make your Instagram, like in your account information to say that you are male. It doesn't like do anything to your pronouns or anything. Cause those are completely different fields where you enter that in. But I did that on my Instagram. And I think that's how I still have a picture of me in a mesh top where you can definitely see my nipples through it. I think it's that's because a good idea. I think it's because I'm flagged as a man. <laughs> like in my account information, I said male because fuck you. <laughs> what made me the most mad from Instagram though is when Halsey dropped her album cover last year for oh, I can't even remember the name of the album now. Something like Love and War. If I can have love, I want power. Yes, love yeah. and power. Um, but yeah, her album cover has her whole nipple out because it's supposed to be about like breastfeeding and being a mother and stuff. But why is Halsey allowed to have her whole titty out, but we can't? Exactly. Like it's just because Halsey has millions of followers and she right. you know, makes Instagram money and she posts ads on Instagram and she's this huge brand. And it just like, that's the same exact thing where like, you know, Kylie Jenner or a huge model with hundreds of thousands of followers can post like a very risque bikini photo on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But if someone that we know personally does, they get their account deleted or their account flagged. Like it just makes no fucking sense. Why is it okay for some and not okay for others because yep. of horophobia? Yep. And that also intersects with fat phobia. I didn't do as much research as I wanted to on this, but the Instagram algorithm allows people, I don't know if it's women or people in general. So I'm just going to say probably femme presenting bodies are allowed to show up to 60% of their skin. So because of that, fat people have more skin. We have more body mass. So if the algorithm says that we are showing more than 60% of our bodies, we're going to get flagged. And that's why fat creators also have an even harder time at being able to post what they want. That's so frustrating. And it's like, people try to just say that that's the algorithm fucking up, but like an algorithm is written by a person. Like there is someone who put that into a computer to do like that is fat phobia. Like that is exactly what it is. Yes. If your algorithm is fat phobic, then your like website is fat phobic. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it, but exactly. yeah. Um, it, and I also know that I have heard like um, people of color, black, brown, Asian, they also have a harder time with posting more risque pictures. Like it just seems like skinny white femmes get, get away with the most. Mm-hmm. They do. You never see their videos of them shaking ass on TikTok being taken down ever. Yeah. But then mine in full booty shorts too. <laughs> I had a video that I really wanted to post uh like two days ago. And like I I I it like I'm and, and that's what's so insane. Like not insane, but like I, you know, am like an, a skinnier white, like I, you know, kind of fit that mold even too. And I like have seen other models like that don't necessarily advertise their adult content as much as I do on my page like posting the literally the same exact video the same exact fucking video where like you've got the sound effect and you rip your t-shirt off and you're standing Mm -hmm. there in a bikini and I tried to upload that video literally nine times and TikTok would not let me upload it and it's like they would not tell me why they would not let me let me know why and it's just like there have been so many situations like that and I know of other sex workers too who struggle with this on um like TikTok and on Instagram and everything who try to like post literally, like you said, like, like, why is a video of you dancing in booty shorts? Not okay. But a video of like fucking, I don't even know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Like there are some girls who post stuff that I'm like, how did this not get flagged? How were they allowed to have this up? Like good for them. Like that it didn't get taken down, but like, why is it okay for some and not others? Like it just is so frustrating and like to, yeah, it's just fucked up. I don't understand it. Yeah. (laughs) I like, I'm like, like we were saying, like what we kind of mentioned a little bit last, what I think I'd mentioned the duck guy last week on TikTok, mm-hmm. like had made this video about 
him like getting his first OnlyFans paycheck. And in the video, he says OnlyFans. In the video, he says my penis. And then there's another guy going around on TikTok right now too, who literally is Nate. Like it's a video of him legit naked and he has a towel on his dick. Have you seen this guy? No. And it's on TikTok. He has like 7 million followers. All his videos get millions of views. He's super famous. And he's literally like naked in his videos. And TikTok doesn't flag them, doesn't report them. Hawk keeps um, duetting and stitching being like, why? Like Hawk, like that's something that I really appreciate about some of the bigger creators on TikTok is that like they do call it out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But um, it just is so ridiculous. Like, why is it okay for these men who are doing literally the same exact thing to say it. But like, you know, there are some creators who just like get flagged for even mouthing OF in their videos. Like it's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I like, don't even know what else to say about it. It just fucking sucks. It is. It's so frustrating. We're pleased so much because of what we do for a job, which like I said at the beginning is legal. (laughs) We're allowed to sell nudes on the internet. People just don't like it. Yeah. That's, it's just, yeah. It all, and it all kind of plays into the whole, like people just thinking that like this job isn't cool or good or moral. And so therefore it shouldn't exist, even though like it doesn't fuck with your life at all. Like that's what makes me so mad about some of like the 45 year old men online who have nothing better to do other than like harass sex workers online telling them to like get a real job do this or do that and it's just like you don't have to interact with me you could like that tyler the creator tweet that one time what the fuck is up with people who get upset about cyberbullying? just walk away from the computer dog like (laughs) (laughs) yes literally walk away from your fucking phone like i'm the weirdo for posting a video of me that's kind of sexy on tiktok because tiktok's a kids app why are you on it then you're a 45 year old man you know what i mean like it just there are so many people who just like, just because it doesn't work for them or it doesn't fit into their idea of a perfect patriarchal cisgendered white supremacist run world, it shouldn't exist. And like newsflash, like I have to fucking deal with you. So you should have to fucking deal with me. You know, like it's ridiculous. I also hate, I see it mostly from a TikTok creator that I love watching. I haven't seen it as much myself personally. But there's also, like, this isn't just this men on there. Like, there are swerfs, sex worker, oh. radical, radical, whatever it's called, feminists, radical feminists that think that we are the devil and we're ruining feminism. Guess what? We all are exploited at our jobs. You're okay? bitter. Like, we're all exploited at our jobs. So what we are doing is no different than any other job. Yeah, sure. It we're sexualizing ourselves, maybe objectifying ourselves, but like, that's going to happen regardless. Like just because like eradicating sex work, isn't going to make men think better of us. Yeah. Like as a, like, as a woman, I have been sexualized my whole life by older men and, and women sometimes. And, you know, just like had to deal with that forever. And like, there are many times where I've been made really uncomfortable because of it. And like, if I can instead sexualize myself and objectify myself in a way that is in my own control and I can capitalize off of that. Like what, why, why not? You know, it just is like, it it does, again, it doesn't affect you at all. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't fit into your narrow view of feminism. And so therefore it should not exist to you. And that's not how it fucking should be. Yeah. Like if I'm going to be sexualized either way, I rather it be consensually on my terms. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, the the swerfs are really frustrating because it's just like you are instead looking away from the problem, which is white male patriarchy, all of that, and instead targeting. It, it goes back to just white feminism in general. Yeah. Like you're just you know instead choosing to target bl- black women, LGBTQ communities, like yeah. all of that, just because you're not, you're it doesn't fit into your view of things. Exactly. Yeah hundred percent yeah wild I always forget about like I haven't really had to deal with that as much but like there are some and I mean like 
I think just because TikTok is the biggest app and it's so easy to be anonymous on TikTok and leave hateful comments. Like there, there are some 45 year old women on that app that are fucking bitter. Like that'll just go through and report your videos because they're angry or just like just people in general. And like, I can definitely understand like feeling uncomfortable or, you know, not or self-conscious about yourself. Like it sucks to like not be feeling good about yourself and then open it up TikTok and see just the most beautiful person in the world and like feel bad about that. But like, it's not that person's fault. And like, sometimes people do, you know, and not even just like beautiful, but like getting upset about someone sexualizing yourself because you're not there themselves because you don't feel comfortable sexualizing yourself or whatever. Like it's not that person's fault. And like a lot of people project so much of their shit and stuff that they're not comfortable with onto people online. And it just is like, so wild to me. Like you, like they just don't think about that. Like that's a whole other human being, not an outlet for your rage. Mm-hmm. Ooh, almost dropped my phone. <laughs> Like if you have issues with people presenting sexually and people being sexual, like you need to look with it and you can't just be mad at someone for that because like people have been sexual and been having sex and engaging in sex play forever. Like that has literally existed forever. That existed way more in like the ancient times. People were way more pro-sex. Like this wave of like puritanicalism and like prudism, like that's not how the, the world has always been. And like, just yeah. because it is how it is now, doesn't mean it'll be that way forever. Like you're not going to destroy that or stamp it out. It's always going to be there. Yep. Crazy. I've also been thinking so hard about what you said about it being white feminism, because you're so right. Like sex workers, exactly like I said, they're a majority of like marginalized individuals and people hate on sex workers. Like mm-hmm. that's, Oh, <laughs> like all the and like, I, and I understand that like porn addiction is a real thing that people struggle with and like that isn't you know addiction is real and like I definitely empathize with people who've been in relationships with people who have porn addiction or whatever but there's all there's like I feel like a lot of people a lot of white feminism kind of like has been a lot like I've see, been seeing a lot of like videos on my for you page on TikTok for example that like have really been pushing like how horrible porn is because it ruined their relationship and their boyfriend watched too much porn and was like subscribed to way too many girls only fans and stuff. And like, girl, that is not the, the uh, like, that's not our fault. It is your, like, it's your fucking shitty ass boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. is, I'm sorry. Like you can't just, just because you have had one bad experience doesn't mean that you need to go on this huge crusade to completely deplatform a whole ass community just because some dude named Connor cheated on you and gave you a fucking yeast infection. Like, I just yes. don't understand. Like it's, and it's always the same type of fucking person. Like that is what is so frustrating too. Like mm-hmm. that does not think about how their rage and their unhappiness in a certain situation is going to just completely impact everyone around them. And like you taking a TikTok, making a TikTok about how horrible porn is and it getting 2 million views and all these likes and all these people commenting about how like you can't trust these hoes and how horrible, you know, porn is and everything. Like you are, you are causing violence. You are like really fucking up the community. You are perpetuating these stupid ass, like beliefs and rumors that we're all here to steal your men. Like we don't want your fucking men. Like we want to make money. Like we are here to survive. And like we're human beings. Like we're yes. not just your uh, antithesis. And sex work isn't a new thing. Is it yeah. newly mainstream and newly glamorized? Yeah, but sex work is literally like one of the oldest professions. Sex mm-hmm. work has been around forever, mm-hmm. and people are suddenly acting like it's a new thing and like porn is the end of the world. When, yes, there are some problematic companies and things in the porn realm, but I think this new wave of like OnlyFans and individual creators is way better than that because now you're knowing that you're supporting an individual and you're looking at consensually and it's usually... I don't want to say realistic because at the end of the day, porn is all entertainment and fantasy, but I think smaller creators making their own porn can seem more realistic than some of these crazy things people do in like big studio shoots. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and I think that's where like some of the like weird rage towards creators comes from too, just because like, it's a lot easier to be mad at like this girl who has an OnlyFans than like Angela White, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
like it's a lot more it's a lot easier to place that rage onto someone and it just like and it's not like it's just so wild like it just comes from every direction like the the anti-horror sentiment mm-hmm. horror phobia like it just and it's sh- it's just like we're just trying to exist man like we're just trying to like exist in our own little sexy corner of the internet mm-hmm. like having fun and doing our thing and like people just don't think we should be here for whatever fucking reason. And it's like so frustrating because like all you're doing is creating this weird taboo around sex. And like that taboo around sex just makes it so much easier for people to be abused and for, you know, people to not live their true self and like spend their lives miserable and everything. Mm -hmm. And it just is like, so fucked up, like to see this weird, like, and like prude sentiment coming back Mm -hmm. up, like, I don't know. I feel like the past couple of years, like people have been a lot more horophobic than I feel like, you know, in the, yeah. it, it just, um, I don't know. It's weird. No, I definitely agree. I'm just going to shout her out. Poma. I would l- fucking love to have her guest, love a guest on our yeah. podcast. Sorry. I think they go by they, I was watching some of their TikToks this morning and they were, they made a really great point that like sex workers posting what they do in a day, like how much they're earning, what they're struggling, et cetera, et cetera. Just posting about their existence online is nothing new. It's the mainstream part of it and how it's gotten into modern light recently. And that's what's causing more people to be upset about it because they're making it be in the spotlight. Yeah, that's a really good point. If you don't follow Poma on, on TikTok, especially, but Instagram, Twitter, like all of it, like they are so such a good resource and just like really cool. Definitely should. Yes. They have educated me so much on like the political side of sex work. And that's why I would love for them to come and be a guest and like talk about anything, anything they feel like talking about that day. (laughs) Yeah, truly. It, it is like, and that's the thing too, that like people on the outside, I think kind of look at the sex work community as this like insane free for all. That's just like people fucking and sucking and like, just, you know, being horny online. And like, there's so much more to it than that. Like there's so much community and education and like, yeah, there's drama and like weird stuff that goes on sometimes, but that is the case in any online community. Like this one is just as valid as any other one. And like to have people like that, who like you look up to, like, just, I don't know. It just like really solidifies that for me. Like that this is like just the same as anything else. Like I, and it just really frustrates me that people think that it's either like this insane glamorized thing or like the actual, actual spawn of Satan. Like it just is what it fucking is. Yeah. When at the end of the day, like all our drama is the same as fucking workplaces have you ever worked in a restaurant that is the most dramatic ass place (laughs) ever like trust me (laughs) and at the end of the day we're all being exploited like is your boss making you do too much shit for too little pay yeah every day like all of us are struggling with I think just capitalism as a whole (laughs) exactly like to say that sex work is ex- exploitative is just like, no shit. Every job is exploitative. Like mm-hmm. that's not anything new. Like you're just picking this weird ass hill to die on because like, truly I feel less exploited than I ever have. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I might feel differently in the future one day. Like I'm definitely being exploited in many ways. Like there sure are days that I wake up and I'm like, wow, like I don't feel like I'm perceived being perceived as a real human. And that's definitely mm-hmm. really weird, but like I get to make my schedule on my own terms. I'm not being screamed at by some fucking dude who like it, that I don't respect and don't mm-hmm. like at all. And like, just have to listen to him because someone told me I do like, I'm not being looked down upon every day by someone right in front of me. Who's speaking to me. Like I'm garbage. Like I have had really horrible situations like that in food service. And like, I've definitely been exploited by bosses and jobs that, you know, were vanilla. And it just like, it happens everywhere. Like it, Mm -hmm. let it be on my own fucking terms and mind your own business. Exactly. And if you are having days like that, where you feel like just really like, eh, I'm not person today, like then you can easily take the day off. I mean, exactly. I guess I say that loosely because some people do feel the need to work every single day because they have to, to make a living, but you have more leniency and flexibility over it than if you had a typical nine to five with a boss. Exactly. Like, and you can still like, I don't know, when I'm working from home here, I can still do self-care here in a way that I would not do it a normal nine to five. And like, even, even back to the exploitative thing, like I, 
obviously like we deal with weirdos like online and like people making us feel unsafe. We talked about that in episode three, but like, do you ever get hurt? Like you don't get sexually harassed in person. You don't get, uh, screamed at in person. You don't get like, I don't know. I just started thinking about what you were saying about how every job is exploitative. Like there are so many different circumstances that could happen in a real life job that are so much worse that I think Mm -hmm. than when you're like, yeah, sometimes, you know, there's not that pitfall. There's not that safety met the real job provides where you do have that side schedule, but like you get to work for yourself and like do your own thing. Like that is just such a better option for some people, you know? Yeah. I worked at a call center for a brief period of time. And every time someone would yell at me, I would cry because that's just my reaction to when someone's yelling at me. So at least when I'm working online, if someone gives me some bullshit, I can just block. Like exactly. You can't do that at a call center job. You have to help them. (laughs) Even through my tears, I'm like trying to help them. And being able to work for yourself, you can make the decision to be like, no, this person is not worth my time. Yeah. I'm also a very expressive person like that. And I used to bartend at a restaurant that was like very busy all the time, no matter what. And, uh, there were a lot of shifts where in front of people, I would get upset and cry and I would like have a meltdown and it would be really embarrassing and awful. And like, if I'm going to be upset like that, at least I can do it here in the comfort of my own home. You know what I mean? Like it just, Mm -hmm it just works better for some people. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's every job is exploitative, but it's just exploitative in a different way. So yeah, that argument is moot. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I think I covered all my points. I mean, I also feel like I could just rant for longer, but I think I'd just be going in circles. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I, I think that, yeah, me too. I mean, I think the big, the big things are just that like those bills don't help anyone. It just perpetuates this whole, you know, attitude of whorephobia and like weird prudishness that is coming to America. Mm -hmm. It's all intertwined. Everything that's happening right now is intertwined into, in like all the root of the same evil. It's so eerie me. Yeah. Cause this is probably gonna be a very broad statement. So I might end up cutting it out, (laughs) but at the end of the day I feel like it comes down to Christianity like the people behind a majority of these like organizations that fucking hate us like Exodus Cry I think was the one that was going after Pornhub and like at the end of the day these are all like white Christian bitches um I literally have a burning church tattooed on me so yes (laughs) absolutely it's all like we should do an episode about how uh the rise of Billy Graham in the 70s like completely fucked everything up for sex like he's this online like not online this evangelical preacher who was like big on tv like Joel Osteen and all them like pull from him Pat Robertson and he essentially like changed the American political party, especially the Republicans to be a lot more um, like Christianity leaning. And uh, it just like fucked up culture in general. I literally have never heard of this, but now I want you to just do a whole episode on it. <laughs> Please I, I, tell me all about it. So interesting. <laughs> like it's so, so like the 700 club exists because of this guy, like uh, modern day evangelicalism, just like in general, like all the mega churches and everything, like totally because of this guy like he really came in and then just fucked everything up and he like him and ronald reagan were tight him and nixon were tight like it was a whole he's in hell like on a on like a a rack right now for sure (laughs) me and my partner just watched the hillsong mega church exposed documentary oh my god it was so good (laughs) i'm i'm gonna watch it today oh my god we i I mean not good the contents of it were very sad but Oh my God, it was so interesting. So I was raised Roman Catholic, which is a whole other disgusting, horrible beast. But um, that the mega churches are so interesting to me because the culture is so different, like insanely mm-hmm. different. I just watched this documentary about Gwen Shamblin and like she did this, she had this mega church that like tied God and being skinny and like weight, weight together. And like, it is like a a pretty triggering thing, definitely. But like, it's so the way that she like just made her church a cult so quickly and like pushed all these more morals and everything. Yeah. Insane. Same thing. Wild. I feel like I might've heard about that. That It's good. She is like the wildest looking person I've ever seen too, because she's like, 
super skinny, super short, but she has like a, you know, the higher hair, the higher to God or the closer to God. Her boots yes. <laughs> is like a foot. T- it's like a legit honeybee on top of her oh head. God. You need to be Gwen Shamblin like after we get off. <laughs> okay. I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. Actually, wait, can you look it up on your phone? I want your, I want your on air reaction. <laughs> yes. Yes. Beep, beep, beep. Gwen Shamblin. Yeah. Gwen Shamblin. <laughs> I've definitely <laughs> seen her. I have definitely, I think I watched the way down or maybe I, I just had it on my list. Or maybe I just had it on my list of things I wanted to watch. It's yeah, good. I've seen and this guess, bitch and her the hair. Part just came out. So it's all there to watch. Yeah. All right. Then I'm definitely going to start watching that today. We're both going to be watching some crazy docs today. Okay. <laughs> the higher the hair, the closer to God. <laughs> oh my God. So that, yeah, that was, I was saying we kind of took a tangent onto Christianity, but yeah, Yeah. (laughs) we'll definitely do a whole episode about, uh, we should do an episode about like the anti-sex Christian, you know what I mean? Like, cause I I do think we should do episodes just about like sex in general. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think that would be nice. I don't think I ever mentioned this on the podcast. I know you know this, but I actually used to sell sex toys for an MLM company and yeah, fuck MLMs. But I learned a lot about sex toys. So I would also love to do an episode on just like sex toys in general. Yeah. Because I feel like there's still a lot of people that are like scared of them. I mean, maybe not as much sex workers, but like, it's also good to know what's out there. If you're like a newbie or if you're just someone that likes listening, that wants to know more about sex toys. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I think this is a good place to end it. Zoom just yelled at me and said we have 10 minutes left anyway, so. Yeah, this will be a long one. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate you and we love you so much. Yes. Um, also, I'm just going to say it again. I know I mentioned it in last week's recording, but I'm going to put a link in the description if you are a sex worker and you ever want to be a guest on our show. There, I made a little form and you can just tell us what you want to talk about if you want to come on because I want to talk to more people. Yeah please we give really me more appreciate. opinions and perspectives tell me about your life yeah definitely <laughs> you know it's cool for us to talk about our, our deal but like we want this to be for everyone so yes. come on come on down <laughs> yeah on down to the rodeo, rodeo. <laughs> we wear cowboy hats when the first guest comes on i love it please yeah. <laughs> where can right, we find where... you Nikki? that's what i was gonna say to you <laughs> Um, you can find me on at Nixie Knight, N-Y-X-I-E-K-N-I-G-H-T. And that's on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And my OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash Naughty Nixie. Nice. Um, you can find me Twitter and Instagram at Messy X Bangs, E-M-E-S-S-Y-X. B-A-N-G-S. My TikTok is sexyshouter69 and my OnlyFans is onlyfans.com slash moonbabyx44. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We have an Instagram too. It's at Amateur Spice. Please follow it. Let us know what you want to see next. Um, it really means the world. So thank you yes. for listening so much. Yes. And what else was I gonna say? Oh my god. Oh, we also have an email if you have like bigger questions that you don't want to DM. It's just amateurspice at gmail.com. Yeah, contact us. We love friends. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.